All right, welcome back everybody to the fishing hole. And we caught a whopper of a fish today. It's Larry Casey. Uh, Larry Casey is a member of the band called the Tragedy Brothers, and he has a long, rich history of music in his background. And um, he's a drummer for the band. But that's not all Larry does. Uh, during the day, uh, he is currently a controller at Micro Industrial Corporation. Um, as a matter of fact, in his uh, history, um, if we look at his employment, at one point he worked at um, Eastman School of Music. Uh, he was going to school at the time as a part-time uh, MBA student, and that's eventually where he would gain his degree. His first job was at Putnam Investor Services. Uh, he was a financial professional uh, during all of his career. Uh, he got his MBA at the U of R. He got his BS in economics at Northeastern. Uh, and I think this is where the left brain comes in with Larry. He got his arts degree at MCC. Uh, he was also a star volleyball player in his high school days for McQuaid Jesuit. And um, he started his career, um, I, I believe, and we'll get more into this, with his father giving him a, uh, a drum kit when he was just four years old. So uh, without further ado, let me uh, bring Larry on here. Uh, Larry, great to have you. Uh, thank you for taking the time to come and uh, visit us and, and talk about the band, music, and yourself. Thank you, Tony, and thank you, Paul. Welcome, welcome. I guess, Larry, I want to get real uh, right into it in terms of your uh, work history. Um, the uh, Eastman Theater, uh, interests me that you were working there at one time. What, what were you doing, and, and did it help you with music? Yes, uh, I was very fortunate to get a part-time job in the instrument office in the fifth floor at the Eastman School of Music uh, while I was attending and working on uh, my graduate degree at the Simon School of Business in Finance and Corporate Accounting. Um, you know, my passion for music and uh, history for music runs deep in, in the Rochester community here, but uh, was blessed to have the opportunity to be working at the Eastman School of Music and got to meet John Beck, the uh, professor of drums there, the uh, director of percussion. And uh, it was a great experience working with Joseph Balcone, head of the uh, uh, instrument office, as he was also the head tuning master of all the uh, pianos in the uh, Eastman Theater and Eastman School uh, there. Uh, so. Yeah, that was back in uh, 89, 90, and 91, as I finished up getting my master's in 92. Yeah. Uh, that's an amazing thing. Um, and currently, as I said before, you're with the uh, Tragedy Brothers, and that came in 2013. Can you let us know uh, right now what's going on with the Tragedy Brothers? Yeah, the Tragedy Brothers, uh, it's an exciting time. We just got finished recording our uh, fourth uh, CD, fourth CD at uh, the Linden Oak Studio. Uh, Wow! Here at Ferdinand's place, oh, yeah. Here, yeah, here in, in Penfield, uh, it's it's quite the studio, and uh, we're quite fortunate to uh, be able to record there during COVID. We have ten new songs uh, coming out uh, that we, uh, like I said, finished up in middle of June was our last recording, and uh, it's being printed right now and being pressed, and we'll have a CD a release party. Uh, coming up shortly, November 6th, Saturday, at Iron Smoke Distillery out in Fairport uh, with special guests that night, uh, Boss Tweed, uh, Mike Garland, a good friend of mine, classmate of mine from the school of McQuaid High School, 81. <laughs> We're going to do a 40th high school reunion gig there. Oh, that's great. On top oh, of our CD release party. So it'll be a special moment for uh, myself yeah. and Mike Garland. 
as well as don't forget uh, Joseph Appleby, Joe, uh, one of the founding uh, found fathers, founding members of the Tragedy Brothers. Awesome. Um, well, yeah. m well, maybe Jimmy Fallon will stop by <laughs> yes, and, uh, and play with you guys. And I just have a quick question. Uh, Larry, who, who, uh, who produced it? Uh, Steve uh, Forney was our sound engineer. He okay. uh, uh, not only did all the engineering, all the tracks there at Linden Oaks, but he uh, did the mastering as well. Oh, cool. Good, Great. Very good question, Great. Paul. Yeah. Uh, Paul, uh, or Larry, uh, in terms of uh, not only the music, but didn't you guys do your video uh, there, a uh, video of a song there? We, we did a video of a song in the city of Rochester. Uh, oh. And uh, it was at, of all places, St. Boniface uh, Catholic School on uh, Gregory Street. Oh, that's awesome. From the old McGregor's on uh -huh. Gregory Street there. Um, but Joe is currently a teacher there, uh, English professor, and he had... Uh, permission to use the uh, auditorium slash gymnasium uh, to record our video there which we did uh, in early February again during the COVID months and uh, it was a good opportunity for us to uh, film uh, there in an older uh, you know, studio environment older stage and uh, the acoustics were in there were quite phenomenal as well um, with the, the help of uh, Bill Hooper our sound engineer sound tech who does a lot of our shows but that uh, was uh, something interesting, something different. We've never done an actual uh, you know, live you know, professional video, which came together quite nicely. And the, and the name of the song on the video? The name of the song was Peggy Girl. Peggy Girl. And uh, the story behind that, real quickly, uh, Joe Appleby, again, the singer-songwriter, founding member of the uh, Tragedy Brothers, he and I go way back together in first grade at St. John's and Humboldt Street. <laughs> but uh, Peggy Slayton, was a, a gal, uh, God rest her soul, uh, was a year ahead of uh, Joe Appleby, lived on the same street they grew up on, and the families knew each other, the Slaytons and the Applebys. But Peggy uh, was a uh, girl who attended uh, St. John's with us, who was a year ahead of us. Um, she left high school early, and she finished uh, early. She just uh, was always uh, kind of on the go, and just uh, one that wasn't settled down, so to speak, and she uh, went down to Florida, left and tried to you know, start a new life in Florida. Like, apparently she got caught up with the wrong people. Whoa. And a sad story, uh, she was murdered down in Florida. Murder, oh. whoa. But the, the, the story, Peggy Girl, it, uh, it, it, it touches a lot of different parts uh, of not only her life, but uh, uh, the happiness that she had in life. And uh, I'll leave it at that. But uh, Peggy Girl is yeah, the featured uh, video. and. Uh, it was uh, fun to do that uh, together as a, as a band. Larry, did, does the, do family members know that you guys did a tribute song to her? I'm just I, curious. I, I, I believe uh, Joe has reached out to the family, some of her cool. siblings. Yeah, and uh, <coughs> the parents, I believe, have passed on at this point. Hmm. Oh, but it was an old uh, a grammar school friend of uh, uh, Joe. Yeah, mm -hmm. and lived on the same street, but. Uh, that's oh, a beautiful story, Larry, and, and, and what a song. And I really do, I'm not just saying this, encourage everyone out there to go to YouTube and, and, and plug it in, Tragedy Bro Brothers and um, uh, Peggy, uh, Peggy Girl. Peggy Girl. Girl. Yeah. Peggy Girl. Uh, definitely give it a listen. Um, and just, just kind of moving with that, Larry, um, in terms of your other uh, shows, one of them got canceled, right? Uh, Yes, yeah, we were supposed to do a CD release party at Three Heads Brewing on October 9th, but that show has been canceled, has been postponed to a later date. Okay. Uh, we hope to be able to do that show uh, 
All right, so we'll, in the future. Keep us posted, Larry. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, post it for you here at our show, definitely, when that does get rescheduled. Now, uh, just before we get more into um, the, the Tragedy Brothers, just going back to your uh, early life there, uh, Larry, you were definitely influenced by your dad. Can you tell us how and why and when, what uh, age? Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, again, I feel very fortunate and blessed, uh, born to... Uh, to John and Mary Casey uh, here in Rochester, but um, my dad was a, an avid jazz drummer, jazz listener, great jazz drummer, and uh, you know, before I was even born, he had the drum set in the house, his drum set, which I learned from, learned from my father. Uh, obviously, most children growing up don't have a father that's an avid jazz listener, jazz drummer, and uh, so I was spoiled in the fact that I was born into this family who had a father that was an excellent drummer and uh, had an ear for music and uh, a passion for music, which he shared with me, and I, it kind of just completely influenced me. As you're born and raised into any family, you're influenced by your parents' uh, characteristics and, and their uh, habits and, uh, uh, and, and followings. But uh, at any rate, uh, Dad uh, showed me how to play the drums. There's pictures of me when wow. I was four years old in my diapers playing. That's awesome. And uh, I had to lower the seat. My dad was a big statured man. I know oh, Tony yeah. has met him in person. Oh, yeah. He was six foot five, 300 oh, pounds geez. at one point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's great. So he sat quite tall in the drum set, so I had to lower the seat and uh, lower the snare to play and try to reach the pedals. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, did, did, did you gravitate to it, Larry, or did he? Kind of push you yeah. to it. I, I think it was a naturally. Natural. I, gra I gravitated toward it. Just I was mesmerized watching my dad just sitting there in the chair watching him play, and uh, I was his you know, live audience, if you will. And my older brother John, who was a great bass player, and who was a drummer at one point, and then crossed over and became oh. a bass player. Yeah, John, uh, 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 alias Kingpin. Yes, alias uh, King. is n known as a great bass player, but I did not know that he started out yeah, with drums. Yeah, he started off on drums, and. Uh, my sister played upright bass and sang oh. in the school choir, and she uh, oh, my in, in college at St. Mary's College um, across the street from Notre Dame in South Bend. But, yeah, she attended Mercy High School and played uh, upright in their string instrument uh, orchestra and sang in the choir there as well. So quite a musical family. Yeah. Group. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You know, um, my good friend Rusty turned me on recently, like yesterday, and I watched it last night called uh, Count, Count Me In. It's a documentary on Netflix, and it, it features uh, drummers uh, uh, throughout it. Um, and what was really interesting about it, they all had one thing in common, and that was being introduced to the drums at like three, four years old. Yeah. So when I saw this, and now yeah. you're telling me this, I'm yeah. like, it, it, that's how you know the guy is good, if he yeah. got introduced yeah. to it early mm -hmm. like that. That's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, and they mention... Um, such drummers as Gene Krupa, Dave uh, Brubeck, all influential, Joe uh, Morelli. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. these are all guys that yes. you have a lot of uh, a lot of respect for. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and uh, so I, I just really was was thinking about you. And some of these things that I'm going to be talking to you about today, I got out of the uh, thing. And, and one of it is uh, Louis Belson. Uh, I want to talk about that because you and my dad uh, and I went and your dad, went to MCC back in the 90s to see Louis Belson mm -hmm. uh, come and play drums, and I knew nothing at the time about it. And you yeah. said, and then I kind of mentioned it to my dad, and he's like, let's go, because my yeah. dad was into Louis Belson. Right. He's a big jazz fan, too. 
who is Louis Belson and, and how has he influenced you and what's great about him? Yeah, uh, Louis Belson was big in my household growing up, along with Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa, as I mentioned, and Joe Morello uh, from Dave Rubeck. Uh, but uh, yeah, Louis Belson, uh, he, he is the innovator of the double bass uh, kick drum player. Uh, there may have been a couple other guys during that time period, but he actually originated the idea of having two bass drums on the drum set, and uh, he, he was just his polyrhythms and his virtuoso and his speed and his his timing and coordination uh, were just impeccable. His polyrhythms were uh, just you know second to none. But uh, he was a big influence on my life uh, as my dad played his records over and over in the basement along with Buddy Rich and. Uh, I had the, the pleasure to meet uh, uh, Louis Belson, as you noted. I, I believe it was '91, fall of '91, we saw him mm -hmm. at MCC with yes. our parents, and uh, what a treat that was. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't at that particular show, but during the sh uh, a couple of shows earlier at the top of the plaza, my father was fortunate enough to get the drumsticks of Louis Belson. Oh, oh my goodness. Awesome. Oh, and now he's producing the drumsticks. Oh, I know your audience awesome. can't see these, yeah. but yeah. I do yeah. actually have oh, the drumsticks man. of Louis oh, Belson, geez. which my father got from the yeah. top of the plaza, which Jim Foley <laughs> ran in the back in 73. And if I could just segue, I, I first uh, saw Buddy Rich when I was eight years old in 1971 at the top of the plaza. And we, I have his drumsticks here, Buddy Rich and oh. Louis Belson. That's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. They look shredded, too. They look shredded. Oh, my God. Oh, they, These things are oh. classic. But, uh, yeah, they're priceless to me. And yeah. they're, they're, they're collector items, obviously. And uh, most, uh, again, I guess most kids growing up didn't have a father who knew... Uh, a promoter, music yeah, right. promoter that ran the top of the plaza, and, and we got behind the stage and behind the scenes to meet Buddy Rich firsthand. It was autograph and meet uh, Louis Belson when he was there, uh, going back uh, in, in the early 70s. But uh, going back to our, our story, uh, Tony, uh, that we shared together back in, it was nice. Yeah. You took your father and, oh, yeah. and my father right. there, sitting, well, pretty much front row yeah. seats, and uh, to see one of legendary. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely dragged me into jazz and drumming back then. You know, I was just a rock and roller, but boy, I got a new respect for it because of you and your dad encouraging, and my dad too, but I was the last one on the boat in terms of that. Now, I've got uh, two, two sticks in each hand, and Belson was known for that too as well. Can you explain? <laughs> yes, he, uh, he played vibraphone, uh, but as you play vibraphone, you play with, you know, two sticks in each hand, but he... Uh, Kind of, again, an innovative, very innovative pioneer drummer. He took the two sticks and played with two sticks in his hands on the snare. So if you can imagine the power he had just with two sticks, well, then he doubled it. He had four sticks going on the snare and on the tam-tams and as part of his drum solo. The famous drum solo in, in the song that he wrote as an 18-year-old called Skin Deep, uh, Skin Deep. Yes. Uh, which he wrote. and um, the, the, the something and, called The Hawk Talks? The Hawk Talks, right. And uh, he... Uh, Really, uh, that that set him apart in an early age, and uh, later in life he just kept adding to the repertoire of his drum solos. And uh, I saw him play uh, several times with uh, four sticks in his hands, and it amazing. It just, it just gives it extra power, extra additional. Uh, you know, you get four sticks versus two. Now, do you ever do that in any of your songs? I, I do not. I don't. Okay. I don't All have right. the. Uh, I guess the wherewithal or the. Uh, <laughs> not not yet, Larry. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, not do, yet. Do so. But the the other thing, Larry, that he did too was he he turned the sticks around. 
and play mm -hmm. with the other ends of the stick. Yes, stick. the butt end of the stick. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Yeah, yeah you flipped around to get it. Yeah, yeah. You get a different tone and different harshness as it strikes the uh, skins of the instruments and cymbals. And uh, typically, you get a louder sound with that when you flip the uh, butt end over. But all uh, those tricks I kind of picked up. Yeah, as you play side stick on the drums and the snare, uh, he would turn this stick, you know, sideways to to play uh, the side stroke and the uh, snare drum to give it that. That woodblock feel. Ah, right, that you hear, yeah. the woods block Whoa, yeah, yeah. that's cool. And, uh, just a few more things about Belson that I found out, and you probably know. Uh, he played with Duke Ellington Band, and Duke like called him the greatest drummer ever. And of course, Belson, being modest as he was, yes. said that he's just over exaggerating. Mm -hmm. But the guy did write over a thousand arrangements yes. in his career, yeah. and he uh, married uh, Pearl Bailey. Yes, he did. Yeah. And he went through a tough time with that because it was an interracial marriage, right. and it ended when she died in 1990. Belson died in 2009, mm -hmm. and um, one of the, the, the other crazy thing is uh, Belson was born with an amazing array of names, believe it or not. Oh, yes, yeah. um, he was born Luigi, yeah. Paulino, Alfredo, Francesco, Antonio uh, Balsano Balsanani. Yeah, and you, you being an Italian Tony, you can yep. do much better with those words. <laughs> I, I, I still was struggled, though. Thanks, Larry. The Irishman over here, you, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll you, leave that you to, yeah. to try to pronounce it. And, and, yes, and, and yes. it says here that he went to a Gene Krupa drum competition mm -hmm. that got him confident to, yeah. to go and, yeah. and pursue his uh, future uh, in drumming. And so just ending, if you haven't seen this guy drum fans go out there and you know look him up on YouTube there are great videos of him playing and it will just blow your brains when you see this guy play the drums and such a modest guy yeah and what, if I just add one more note oh sure Louis Belson I met again in person Whoa. at the Eastman School of Music he did a drum clinic back there in 1991 when I was working in the instrument wow. office so I attended his uh, drum clinic which John Beck hosted and he performed with the jazz band that night and uh and my dad and I again attended that show, and we were there in the afternoon for his jazz clinic, and uh, it was quite the day. And uh, so, wow, very special player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just once again, uh, thank big thanks to Mr. Casey and my dad for uh, taking us out there too that night. That that will always be a memory keeper for us. That's awesome. I'd like to shift now into the band and and get into some songs that you guys have played. You guys. Uh, this is your third album coming out, right? Uh, uh, it's actually our, our fourth CD. Oh, excuse me. Out. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the first uh, title, first CD was uh, untitled. Oh. But the, uh, the, the second CD um, was, uh, the third CD was City Limits. I know, I know that. The second CD was... Uh, Wasting time. Wasting time. Thank you. I, I love that name, by the way, Larry. Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm going to ask you in a minute where did that come from? But can you uh, run down the members of your band right now before we get into the band and how they the songs and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Joseph Appleby, my longtime friend and schoolmate. Uh, we met in first grade, and I hate to say it, we're about 58 years old now. So, <laughs> so I, me and Joe go back about 54, 55 years ago. So, wow. But who's, but who's counting? So, but we have that long uh, That's term, awesome. uh, friendship and musicianship. We yeah. first uh, uh, jam session back in seventh grade at my dad's basement uh, when Joe came over with his first guitar. And uh, it, it, the history uh, 
How, how young was Joe when he when he started to pick up a guitar? He was like 12, 13 years old when so he picked up the guitar. you did it before him? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, again, I was blessed to have a drummer. My uh, uh, father was a drummer and introduced me at the age of four years old. I can remember those were my early years. And by the time I, I was at the end of six years old, I remember performing to Tom Jones playing on the records. No. <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, yeah, I, I think I got some talent. At least I, what, I, what was your favorite Tom Jones tune to play with? <laughs> Probably. It's not, it, it was a, a not, it's not unusual to go out. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, yeah, I have an older brother. Da, 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 yeah, da. yeah. My brother, he had the Tom Jones show uh, on yeah. Sunday nights. Oh, right, yeah. Used to watch. And uh, my older brother, John, bought the uh, record. Uh, and, uh, and we went from there with it and, and played it over and over. But uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, I got my early start there. But just to segue, yeah, real quickly, I, I, I did play trumpet for eight years growing up. Till no. Then. Yeah, yes, yeah, Sister Margaret. Uh, again, another I, band I didn't know about. Yeah, I, uh, again, my dad brought me to see Buddy Rich when I was eight years old, at the top of the plaza in 1971, and he, he says to me and pokes me, and he goes. Besides drums, I know you want to play drums. What other instrument do you like there on the stage? And I saw the brass, the whole brass section was powerful. So I saw the trumpets section, wow. and I said, I think I want to play trumpet, Dad. Or, uh, you know, that I like. And he goes, well, let's get you a trumpet. So uh -huh. my dad, I think he just had the uh, wherewithal that, that uh, say, yeah, it would be good to have another instrument in your life to learn how to you know, play music <laughs> other than just playing by ear, which I learned from my father. But mm. So uh, I... Uh, uh, Started taking uh, trumpet lessons with Sister Margaret. She said I was good enough to join the, the St. John's uh, School Orchestra band. So by the end of third grade, I was playing in the orchestra and played in it for uh, five years, six years, uh, until I graduated in the eighth grade. Yeah. So I studied trumpet. That's really where I learned how to read sheet music. Oh, okay. Music. Yeah. Uh, but drumming's, uh, I just kept drumming on the side and, and playing percussion as well. Uh, but just, yeah, I got. Uh, Sidetracked there a little bit, but no. Yeah. Did you ever get tempted to pick it up again, or uh, trumpet? I, yeah, I did goof around a little bit uh -huh. in high school, but uh -huh. it just never came real natural to me as the drums did. did or, or did, the, did one of your sons pick it up for a uh, while? Collins, uh, yeah. There's a picture of him. Yeah, I, I remember four, that picture. Four years old, yeah. Picture in the uh, parade. I brought uh -huh. it to the Fourth of July parade out in Penfield, mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, wow. And uh, he was blowing the trumpet. And made the DNC. Made the DNC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the pictures of the year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. But yes, that did happen. Shout out to shout Colin. Out, shout out to Colin. Yeah. So you got some other members to talk about, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, along with Joe Appleby, uh, we have uh, Jimmy Blinda on the harmonica, virtuoso uh, harmonica player. Mm -hmm. He actually played an original band over in Ireland for ten years. Whoa. Uh, Jimmy also, uh, I can go on and on, but at the shortness of time, he toured with the Grateful Dead. Jimmy uh, Blanda prepared all the meals for Jerry Garcia and the band members uh, awesome. with Lorraine's lunch. Oh, yes, Lorraine I remember that. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, it made the paper a few times. Yeah. 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 So Jimmy had the, uh, uh, again, uh, yeah. the presence to... Uh, uh, tour with them for two years, but he's a, a marvelous. Uh, so he's got a little player. little taste of European yeah. in him, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the funny story, Jimmy. He went over to visit his cousins for two, three weeks over to uh, Ireland, and uh, 11 years later, he came back. Uh, <laughs> after going there for three weeks, about 11 years later, right, he right, came right, back right. to the United States. Uh, that's great. Yeah. But during those 11 years, he uh, was in a, a professional band over there, and they toured uh, all of Ireland and. Uh, He's got lots of stories to share. But, uh, yeah, along with him, we have Josh Gregg, a classically trained violinist. He's from uh, 
uh, Carlisle, PA, uh, Pennsylvania. Oh. We met uh, Josh. Uh, yeah, y youngster. Uh, through the uh, Carol's uh, Bar uh, Association. Oh, Carol's, <laughs> yeah. Irish music uh, <laughs> session. So we did uh, strike upon Josh, and uh, I'd introduced to the band, and he, he came over, and, and uh, he took to our music right away, and we added him as a member. So we have violin in the band with Josh Gregg, uh, again, classically trained, a great addition to our band. Uh, who was on the bass, um, uh, McCarthy, Dennis McCarthy. Mm -hmm. uh, Dennis, a uh, great bass player and guitar player. Uh, you'll hear him play guitar on our latest CD that we just uh, awesome. going to be released. But uh, uh, Dennis plays a beautiful bass guitar as well as uh, electric guitar. And did back and back in vocals on the uh, songs, and then um, leaving out anybody, uh, we added Alex Fortier. Alex Fortier, he's from the Boston, Massachusetts area. Oh, he's an Eastman School graduate. Oh, U of R graduate, uh, double major. Uh, I believe he was a, a physicist major as well as a music major. Yeah, very bright. Uh, and brilliant player on keyboards. We added him uh, to uh, our CD, our recent CD. Larry, it, it, it sounds like you've got an interesting mix yeah. of young and, and experienced players on the band. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Yeah. Does, does the extra energy from those guys? Oh, absolutely. Their, uh, their energy, their, uh, their background, just what they yeah. bring to the table, it just creates a new symbiotic relationship. Of really? New music, new uh, ideas. It's good to hear. And we added, uh, I can't forget Leah Rankin. Leah uh, uh, worked at, uh, in, in, uh, worked in New York City at mm -hmm. Carnegie Carnegie Hall. And, and she's young. She's an Eastman graduate too, as well. Recent. And she's a cellist. And, yeah, oh. She plays cello. She uh -huh. lives in Buffalo right now, but she has worked at uh, Carnegie Hall in uh, New York City. But wow. She's a uh, professional uh, cellist, cello player. So. She'll, you'll hear her on her uh, latest CD on uh, three or four songs she's recorded on. Now, will she be playing some of the live gigs with you also? Yes, yeah. We hope to have her with us at the uh, November 6th gig at Iron Smoke. And Alex Forte will be there on keyboards. And uh, uh, Josh Gregg will be there on violin. Jimmy Blanda, Joe Appleby, and myself. The whole band. Yeah, the whole band, yes. That's great. awesome. Hey, uh, speaking of the new CD, what's the title of it? Um, it's going to be uh, titled uh, Another American Tragedy. So <laughs> the, the last song, I'll uh, give a, a little teaser on that, but the last song on the uh, album is Another American Tragedy. And uh, uh, Joe uh, Appleby, again, uh, he, uh, he writes all the ideas of the songs. Uh, he, he comes up with the mel main melody, the main theme of the song, Joe being an English writer. Um, yeah. It's a, a great uh, yes. a strength of his. He, yes. uh, he writes every day, he writes in his journals. Oh, I didn't know poems, that. And, uh, yeah. I asked him about, you know, how does he actually write a song? How does he come up with the words? But he'll, he'll get up early mornings and just write uh, a stream of consciousness, as he calls it, and just writes out his ideas. On That's a, a beautiful paper. gift. Yeah. And, uh, but he came up with another American tragedy, the words to that, as well as all the words on our newest song, the newest CD that we're releasing. While we're on tragedy, where did the Tragedy Brothers come from? And maybe we can connect it to another yeah. American tragedy. tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's an uh, interesting uh, question, Tony. Uh, tragedy Brothers, uh, we're started uh, with uh, Joe Appleby, Mark Regan, uh, myself, and Mick Ruby. Going back, uh, one of the greatest bass players yeah, around yeah, in this town, by the way. Make, make, if you're out there, yeah, yeah, get a hold of exactly. us. We miss you. So, uh, yeah, the uh, 
early uh, uh, ideas, the early uh, yeah, pioneer year days of the Tragedy Brothers it was between Mark Regan and Joe Appleby. Mm -hmm. And of course, the man on drums, they needed a drummer and a good friend of theirs. So we talked about starting an original band, doing an original band, and uh, we met Mick Sarubi, I believe, through your connections, Tony, mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. your music, mm -hmm. uh, aptitude, and your people, personnel. And Mick uh, yeah, befriended us and liked what we were doing, and he was such a talent. We yes. We our band yes. to write our first uh, 12 songs we did on the CD, the first CD, which we uh, released. Uh, Untitled. Yeah, uh, Untitled. I believe it was like nine years ago now. Yeah, yep. eight, nine years ago. Yep. Yeah, uh, 2013, you, you guys. Thank you, yeah. Uh, so the, the name itself, Tragedy Brothers, Joe and Mark came up with that uh, idea. Um, and uh, we were brothers in the sense of not blood-related, but brothers since our grammar school days. That's cool. Again, I met Joe in first grade. Joe and I met Mark in seventh grade. And... Uh, we formed a band back then. We all liked music, and we had a uh, cover band uh, to, to to jump around with the ventilators back in 1989 and 1992. Mark Mark was the lead singer. Mark Regan and Joe was And who was that guitar player for the ventilators? Yeah, yeah, Glenn Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah smoking hot. Smoking hot. Yeah. I, I yeah. wish he'd come out of retirement. Yes, yeah. yeah that's a very good point. Yeah. He's still playing acoustically by himself, I hear, but uh, he hasn't uh, played out in bands in years. Sorry but, to hear that. But. Uh, yeah, so Joe and I and Mark had a uh, cover band back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. And then from there, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe started writing original music and really wanted to go uh, in the original music direction and just had a passion for that. And, and he unearthed his, um, you know, trove of written, uh, you know, songs in his notebook, right, yeah. on you guys. It yeah. must have been exciting yeah. when he did yeah. that. Did, yeah. did that cause any riffs in the band? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I wouldn't say uh, uh, that, but uh, no. Joe, uh, you know, he, he just kind of, he was, you know, the lightning rod uh, mm -hmm. with the words that he wrote and uh, his uh, woodshed material, I call it. He'd just go in the basement and I love that. songs. He just, he'd just turn on his recorder and he's got hours and hours of uh, songs that he's recorded and just uh, come up with his influences of Bob Dylan and the Grateful Dead yes. and the Rolling Stones. Yep. And, uh, uh, to name a few artists, Neil Young. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, you know, uh, get, get, now getting back into the the songs, uh, uh, I'm going to take two albums that you have on Spotify right now. Okay, just so fans out there can go to Spotify and 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 listen to them and discuss a few of these songs with you. But before I do that, just kind of piggybacking on Joe, I agree with you. His lyrics are amazing. But I was wondering, how come you guys don't print? his lyrics on your CDs, or at least put them on the website, because I think a lot of fans would love to like read his great words. Uh, very good point, Tony. We are talking about doing that. Oh, great, we'll good. We'll be doing that shortly, uh, uh, uploading all of our the words uh, to the songs to the website. Uh, in the latest CD, uh, it's in final production right now. There are some words to uh, a couple of the songs, but Again, uh, the, oh. the print matter and the, I see. the content, it, it gets pretty expensive. I see. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yep. But we, uh, Maybe the website, though. Well, website, absolutely. We, yeah. we, we do have a Facebook page and a website. We okay. We uh, put all the words out there uh, now that the, the music has been uh, trademarked, if you will. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, 
been registered. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. Awesome. Well, yeah. fans out there, go to their website and put some pressure on them. They put them lyrics on because I think you're, you're going to enjoy them. Uh, and let's go to Wasted Time first, okay? Uh, wasting Time, excuse me. Yes, Wasting Time. Uh, and um, uh, basically, where did you get that name from? Because I love it for the title of your... Is it, was that, let me guess. Was that because you guys were wasting time in terms of you should have been together a long time ago? or You know, that's a good question. You have to ask Mr. Appleby. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he came up with the, the, the song again and the, the words of the song. But, uh, if you ask me, I did just about, in general, wasting time. And people in general... Uh, waste time, uh, whether it's uh, you know, what point in their life or what point in their career, uh, but uh, Joe uh, wrote a nice song about wasting time, and uh, definitely got a uh, slow ballad feel to it. And, awesome. Yeah. But uh, you'd have to ask Mr. Appleby. Uh, I will. Maybe we can and maybe we can entice him to come into the, onto the show and answer that question. I hope so. Um, now, waste, wasting time, and this is just shows the talent of your band. Because when I was listening to both, I was just wowed by this. Now, wasting time, you guys to me come across more as a country folk band, Guthrie influence. There's a driving train in a lot of your songs, okay, mm-hmm. and then. You guys switch over to City Limits, and I'll get to that when I go there, but it was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, you know, that's the feel I got out of when I was listening to Wasting Time. The first song that struck me was Crying Chair, and I think we've all been in that chair. And I just love the way Joe uh, kind of puts you in that position uh, that this person's going through uh, in the song. And uh, to me, kind of Dylan-esque, because Dylan does that in a lot of his songs, where he just he puts you in, in, in the mood that he wants you to put in, and Joe does that with this song. Uh, any any other insights with crying? Anything? Yeah, uh, yeah there's a, a man and a woman. Uh, yeah, the man kind of bellyaching, bellowing about uh, being in the crying chair <laughs> situation. You know, whether you know, the man is married to the, the woman or they're just dating each other, I, I think they're a married couple, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, my, my perspective on it. But yeah, it's uh, interesting uh, mm-hmm. some of the elements of uh, female male uh, relationships. And, uh, how, how about. How, how about musically, Music. like when you were on drums? Oh, you, as we do these songs, tell me, give me some of your like feelings as you were on the drums. Uh, what you, how you approached the song? Yeah, yeah, you touched on a good point there. We are kind of Americanish uh, yeah. band, country. Yeah, but we do have elements of jazz and, yes. and bluegrass, mm-hmm. and, and with the violin, uh, obviously, and, and harmonica. There's that natural, uh, warm feeling to it. But uh, so I. I I think about you know the, the texture of the song and, and how I can make the song sound better it, it best it can, and with, with crying chair on it, it, it opens up with the guitar, and uh, the drums come in, and uh, uh, no uh, particular uh, other reason than uh, yeah I, I played I believe in that song with my stick brushes to give it a softer feel a more harmonic feel uh, to, to back the band. Uh, Awesome. To give it that, that uh, yeah. Once, once again, uh, you know your versatility. I love that. And and on cue, yeah. it's raining. It's raining. Crying game. Yeah. Or not crying. Excuse me. Crying, crying chair. chair. Yes. Uh, yeah. I love it. Thank you, God. <laughs> um, Hobo camp. 
And uh, Hobo Camp definitely has this Woody Guthrie train kind of sound to it. How did you approach that with the drums? Of the drums, uh, yeah, that was really a, kind of a bluesy, uh, just, you know, Hobo Camp around a fire, just imagery of uh, hobos off of a train track. Uh, nice. Late, late at night gathering together around a warm campfire, trying to stay warm, trying to stay alive. God bless the hobos. The joke came up again with the words and imagery to the song, but I thought it, it, it called for brushes, and I recorded it uh, on my Kahuna drum set. Uh, What's that, Larry? Uh, the Kahuna is a uh, Spanish instrument in the box, so completely gave the uh, derivation of it, the origination of it, that it comes from Spain. And they, they, they were made out of fruit, fruit crates back in the day, you know, going back a hundred years ago, fruit crates. Uh, and the laborers used to have empty baskets and they, they turn them around, turn them upside down, and change them into instruments. And, uh, so I, I play on that song, it's recorded uh, with the Kahoom, which I bought wow. those guitars, which now wow. they've become more popular for uh, Acoustic, yeah. All right, the last, what, 15, 20 years, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Paul, yeah. Next song, uh, Lie to Me. This is a twisted story. Um, and how, how, how did you approach that? <laughs> uh, lie to Me, uh, yeah, I, I use uh, drumsticks on this one. I, I know I used to I, I ring the bell. Uh, yes. And the right symbol. Right. Uh, just give it some predominant... Uh, uh, Articulated rhythm there, uh, but uh, again, uh, the, the songs come together uh, as a group. Joe comes in with the main theme, uh, main melody. Mm -hmm. and, Interesting. And we kind of just digest it together as a band, and then we add our parts to it as we see fit, as we can make it uh, sound as good as it can bring it to life. Is there a song that you have that has minimalistic drumming on it that you guys recorded, in your opinion? Uh, most recently, the uh, song I really love is Sinner on the Skids on our new uh, release. It'll be released soon uh, in November. Uh, oh. It's got the cello on it, it's got the violin, it's got the banjo, uh, and it's got uh, harmonica, bass, and drums. But the drums I play very uh, limited, uh, okay. play a very percussive. Uh, I, I, I take the snare and I turn it into a tam tam, and I play. Uh, with sticks, but I play at a lower volume, and then there's, uh, I play with the time times and the floor times in that song, as you'll hear it, oh. but it adds a nice uh, under underneath an undertone to the, uh, the main theme of Great. the song, Great. Uh, but uh, another Joe Appleby classic, uh, Sinner on the Skids uh, title, <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll have to listen to that, we get into the words of that, but we will publish the words in the the song as they forthcome. I just have another thought too. When you guys are recording, are you recording live or is it overdubbed? It's it, we record live. Very good uh, question. Paul. That's great. That's good yeah, that you could yeah, do that. Yeah, in the studio we uh, do everything live. You know the foundation tracks, which you know, the drums, bass, guitar, even the, the the main vocal track. Joe sings that live to give it a live feeling. Keyboards were all live. We did plug in uh, some solos, guitar solos uh, on this latest CD. Uh, I, I get, can't fail to mention Phil Appleby, Joe's uh, son, his oh. oldest boy, Philip Appleby, is awesome. playing guitar in this uh, CD with us, as well as drums. He uh, oh, plays wow. on the, the track A Man That I Might Be, which uh, 
is dedicated to Joe's uh, older brother, John Appleby, who recently passed away oh, a year oh, or so sorry. ago. About, I think it was last year, mm. uh, unfortunately. Uh, but Joe wrote a oh, song, beautiful. Man That I Might Be, and it's a tribute to his brother. Beautiful. And, uh, uh, I won't uh, give away all the uh, sure. thoughts, but yeah, Phil Appleby does play drums on that, which is uh, uh, nephew to uh, John Appleby. And uh, Joe wrote that song. And, um, and Phil also plays guitar on the uh, CD on uh, a song, She Sways, and I believe he plays on uh, Another American Tragedy. Uh, he adds some there. Uh, awesome. But the, yeah. Now, th th another song here, and, and then we kind of talked about this earlier, it's called This Cannot Wait. And Larry, the, the tempo in the song, am I right or wrong? It changes, and, and how did you approach that? Uh, Good question, Tony. Uh, yeah, we love time signature. Time signature changes. Yeah, and I noticed it that. Just, it, it adds a whole different yeah. element of dynamics to the uh, song. Makes it more interesting to the listeners. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, with my jazz background, jazz influences, as well as just you know, the rock drummers that I grew up with, you know, the Stuart Goldens, the John Bottoms uh, of the world, uh, just uh, all those influences. Uh, Creativity in the band. Again, we have you know, classically trained musicians in the band that know the theory quite well. So we, we can stop on a dime and almost notice it. Right. That's not easy to do, is it? No, it's it is not. <laughs> the average musician cannot do that. I was going to say. I'm, again, blessed to be surrounded by great bands yeah. and talented musicians to uh, be able to bring that to fruition. Fin fi final song on that album Sin Valley. And Sin Valley could have been in, in a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Uh, how did you approach that? Because you, yeah. you made it. Yeah. In, it, into it's, it, yeah. I'm hoping it, it's in some soundtrack someday. I, I yeah. can see it. In, yes, in, me in, too. As we were writing that song, uh, I envisioned it being in a movie, a soundtrack. Oh, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Uh, but again, uh, I play uh, kind of like a tom-tom beat in it. It's a slow, uh, kind of a bluesy feel to it. Yes. And, uh, it gives it a... Uh, a swankier beat to it playing uh, on the tap times, and then I, I do go to a ride cymbal periodically uh, in the song, but uh, the, uh, the aptitude of the song uh, just lend itself to uh, Don't you playing ask me and playing some of the more custom pieces of equipment in my drum set, uh, being the, uh, the tap time, the floor tap time, the bass kick drum. Yeah. Awesome. And now we're going to switch to your 2000 that was your 2017 album on spotify now your 2018 album on spotify is called city limits and this is where you guys blew my mind and i'll tell you why because basically you were this country folk guthrie train driving album but here you're all over the place and i think once we go through a few of these songs i think our our listeners will realize that really the you guys just bust out with talent here and you add so many more instruments, correct? Yes, yes, yes. So the first song, and it's my favorite all-time Tragedy Brothers song, by the way, Fun Hat. Fun Hat. Uh, and this is basically making fun of New York City, right? The New York City life. Uh, and yeah. one of the things that stood out in this album for me is the funky bass, yeah. the harp, and then you guys throw in a trumpet. Yeah, yeah yes, yes. Yeah. And, now, and, now, did you play that trumpet by any no, chance? Uh, yeah, okay. wish, no, 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 that that talent. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, Joe Appleby, uh, and the, the gentleman's name escapes me. Joe's got a, a 
lot of good musicians, mm -hmm. talented friends that he co-teaches yeah. with. Mm -hmm. One of his co-workers plays trumpet with him at East High School at the time. Oh, that's awesome. And I forget his name. Okay. Well, if you're out there, forgive us, it's, forgive but us. you're an awesome trumpet player. Awesome trumpet player. Uh, and uh, he plays trumpet, uh, fun hat. And uh, yeah, the, the song opens up the bass line, the bass riff. Yes. McCarthy riff yes. Right now, a nice riff. And then Jim, Jim Blonda comes in with the harp. Yeah. And, 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 and I just couldn't see a harp and a trumpet coming together like this. And it does. Right. Yeah, they, they stayed away from each other. They gave each other enough space in there. But yeah, they were married uh, quite nicely together. Absolutely. And the next one, a haunting song called Mabel. Yes. How did you make it haunting, Larry? Because you do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just came natural, I guess. But Joe, I asked Joe the background of the song. Well, there was a woman named Mabel, this old woman that lived down in Naples, New York. Uh, where Joe goes, uh, his family's got some uh, property down there. His uncles uh, had the property, and Joe would go, uh, you know, drive out into the country, out down in Naples, you know, way out there in the woods. And uh, there was an old woman there who lived at a house, and uh, Mabel would be out there, you know, hanging her laundry in the yard one day, and you know, wow, I think she may have some chickens that she's you know, lived based on a farm, a small, uh, inclusive farm, but uh, this old woman, uh, Mabel. Didn't know her really in person. Uh, I think he just gave her the name Mabel. But, uh, uh, got it. Based on her character, her, uh, her life experiences there. But uh, the haunting uh, uh, feature, yeah, we, we had some fun with that song. Uh, Joe started singing through uh, Jimmy Blatt's uh, microphone, the, 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 the microphone, special mic for the uh, harmonica. Oh, that's how he did it. And Joe and uh, Jimmy put some great effects on his mics. Uh, so Joe. Uh, started singing into the microphone and, and we said we got something here this, this, this yes. would be a great idea so uh, uh, we kept that in the song in the original tracks and oh that's and awesome and I I sing the song I uh, sing backups to Joe I kind of uh, echo uh, his uh, words and I, I do it kind of in a haunting way as you say yes yes the, the whole uh, well, vibe of that song lent itself to making a kind of a, a ghostly experience in Mabel, who was this real person, but it was fictitious to us, but she uh, kind of lived in her own world, and uh, she had a son. And uh, Wow. Yeah, so well, let you listen to the song and uh, take it from there. Yeah, I, I'll tell you one thing. It's Halloween month, and I know what song I'm listening to this Halloween, Mabel, because that scared me to heck. Now, uh, now Larry, do you add background vocals in many of the songs? Uh, yes, I'd say uh, 50% of them, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a few of them, and uh, and this latest CD, I, I think I'm on uh, four or five, six of the songs I sing back in both. That's good to hear. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. And the next the next song uh, is called Ledge, and it, it it incorporates both the violin and the harp, which I never thought would go together, yeah. and it, it just sounds great. Uh, who, who were the guys that? Brought that, and it's got this Irish folk kind of sound to it too. Yeah, yeah, I give credit there to Josh. He had, he had about two thirds away in the song, we segue to an Irish feel to it, which is yeah, strictly violin. Yes. And, and the band changes tempo again. We pick it up. Again, I started off playing brushes on this song. Uh, Joe came up with this like I call it a jazzy riff, guitar riff, and. Um, just kind of hypnotic. And, yes. And, and Dennis McCarthy laid down a nice bass mm -hmm. to it. 
uh, and I, I just incorporated it. The brush sounded really good as I was trying to experiment and, and getting the right sound for it. And uh, Red Brush has uh, added a nice right. sound, sound to it. But uh, Josh uh, brought the elements of the Irish into it. Uh, with his, uh, plays in Irish sessions groups here in Rochester. And, uh, yeah, boy, you can tell. City as well. He's a a world traveler, I call him, when he's uh, playing his <laughs> Irish sessions music awesome. in, in the New England area. But anyway, he, he brought that uh, whole voice to it, that whole uh, venue of uh, Irish uh, influence music. And now, and now the song on the album that makes me cry every time I hear it, it's Virginia. And I think it's the cello that does it for me. All yeah. of a sudden it just comes out of nowhere and smacks you in the face. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love it. That's a, a beautiful song, yeah, well written, again, mm -hmm. Joe Appleby, but it's about his uh, great aunt, uh, Virginia Appleby. Oh, really? Uh, who uh, I had the, uh, again, I was blessed, had the fortune of singing with her in the choir, um, my sister Maureen's choir at St. John's, that they grabbed me one day and they needed an extra voice, so I sat in and sang with Virginia, but I also played trumpet in Midnight Mass when Virginia was the uh, lead organist at uh, St. John's on Humble Street where Joe and I met each other. But his great aunt, um, Aunt Virginia, um, was the lead uh, organist and I, I played with her. But uh, yeah, it, it's a great, beautiful song about his aunt, uh, Virginia, and kind of like a progression of her life and how she passes away and uh, uh, Joe would visit her in the hospital and uh, mm. went to visit her. He kind of wow. just wrote like a little... That's beautiful story. About her. No wonder I cried. Song. Yeah, yeah. It's a sad song. But uh, I got to give credit to Josh Gregg. Uh, he thought that uh, Leah Rankin uh, from Buffalo, uh, the girl that graduated from Eastern School of Music, fine cellist that she is, a beautiful musician, uh, uh, Josh said, I, I, I'd like to have her record a track on it. So uh, Josh left on a Friday. He drove down there. He recorded her on a Saturday afternoon. She wow. did it like three takes <laughs> with Joe's uh, 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 board. Really? Board, uh, brought the checks, tracks back. Uh, and they were digitally recorded. And then we had Bob Potter, a great uh, sound engineer out at uh, CMAC at, 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 at Canandaigua uh, Finger Lakes. Uh, where he's the head uh, sound engineer. He mixed the song together. So she recorded that to the tracks we did. Uh, so she wasn't live with us, but- That's we, amazing. We got a, a beautiful uh, uh, signal, a great recording from her, and that we uh, had Bob Potter mix uh, for us. And she has performed that live with us in, in stage. No, that's and great. It, it is. Uh, and she and she might be there in uh, November yes. with you guys? Yeah, she should awesome. be there uh, awesome. Saturday, November 6th. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, Valley of Tears, and this is great because here you guys are playing a rockabilly song, right? It, to me, it was it sounded like a rockabilly song, right or wrong? Uh, yeah, you guess you could uh, yeah. coin it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just different, you know. Yeah, um, Valley of Tears. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely has some rockabilly influences yeah. that uh, Joe uh, comes up with uh, creativity again. Uh, no rhyme or reason, but I just you know, the way I play the drums. And yeah, that, uh, I thought you were in the rockabilly m mood there. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah, it just felt. Uh, yeah, you got inspired, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think this has been great in terms of 
I think our listeners can now have a greater appreciation for your music when you get into the backgrounds of the songs. And, 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 I, and the more you listen to you guys, the more you, you realize how you're a driving truck of music <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. And uh, that's the Tragedy Brothers. Yeah. I, I want to finish up, Larry, with just a few more questions, and then we're going to let you go into the rain. And yeah. watch out for that truck, by the way. Um, and it's a beautiful out- outdoor studio. Though. Isn't it, though? Yeah, I love it. Crying ch- and you're in the crying chair, crying Larry. Chair. Natural elements. Yep. Um, you know, Larry, you've done both. You've played... Um, original music, and you have played um, uh, music that, uh, um, it's escaping me right now. Oh, cover songs. <laughs> cover songs, cover excuse songs. me. Um, and by the way, can you name some of the cover band, bands you're currently with, and, really? and, and are you touring? Do you want to mention any dates? Uh, I just, uh, so Steve Barlotta, mm-hmm. uh, I, I played in a band with him called Seven Cents going back 10, 11 years ago now. We've kind of evolved from that band, Seven Cents, to uh, Bartman, which was Don Mancuso on guitar. Uh, it was Don Mancuso that oh, played right, with Black yeah. Sheep. No yeah. kidding! Yeah, wow. Yeah. Lou Graham, Lou Grammatico. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, awesome. Uh, matter of fact, they're still great friends, and Donnie's just an incredible guitar player. He, he really is. So, I, I got to witness that. Yeah. Thanks to you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, he uh, is, is in a number of different projects now. But Steve uh, hired me. Uh, to be in his band, and you know, I, I just I, I go way back to him. The Sour Mash days, uh, when we were 18 years old. I met him at MCC back when actually I was playing in the Jazz Swing Choir band at MCC. Uh, uh, just as a side note, uh, while I was at MCC playing in the Swing Choir band with Tom Fittipaldi as the music director, I met this gentleman, uh, Steve Barlotta, through a, a close friend of each other's, and so I got put in touch with Steve Barlotta, who come to find out, uh, grew up in Fairport and, and Penfield, and at any rate, uh, we had a band called Sour Mash uh, yes. for two years, and we established a really strong band. I remember from there, we were in and out of cover bands really, literally for the last 40 years, but recently, Steve, uh, he's been working on a number of different uh, side projects, but I uh, play with him quite a bit in the cover bands that uh, he's that's, formulated together. That's Larry, it's amazing. You know, They called James Brown the hardest working man. <laughs> you know, you are the hardest working drummer in Rochester. Because, amen, amen. Amen. I mean, you, I mean, you play out a lot. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, and we love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Steve's still doing police cars? Are you still with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, we just did, did a police cars tribute uh, show uh, this past, uh, last month in Fairport, uh, Fairport Brewery, the one on University Avenue. Oh, all right. Yeah, not the smaller one, the pub out in the Fairport. But yes, we did a Police Cars tribute uh, show there uh, at the end of August. And uh, yeah, he's uh, on to bigger and better things. I think he's doing a, a, another show coming up. Uh, escapes me. Uh, he's doing another uh, cover band show with uh, Tim Hankey on keyboards. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I can digress here, but... Uh, uh, no, we love it. Best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> digress, digress. Yeah. Yes. But high pressure. One other, uh, if we had time, Tony, uh, back in the day I played with High Pressure. It was a jazz fusion band my brother John started. Awesome. With Igor Dementia. We met Igor oh, yeah. on Alexander Street. Uh, my brother John heard him playing solo. He, he's not from this country. He's not from this oh, country. Okay. He's from Poland. Classically yeah. trained from Poland. But Amazing player. He's a big jazz fusion. Yes keyboard player, big Chick Corea fan, he mm. was playing Chick Corea, which bent my brother John's ear, and John introduced himself, and 
said we would like to start a band. My brother plays drums, I play bass, so we started a band called High Pressure. And back in 1994, we had the uh, honor of playing with Larry Coriel. Oh my gosh! Larry Coriel. <laughs> Def, explain what you're looking at yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, yeah, your audience listeners can't see it. Yeah. I have an autograph uh, from Larry Coriel. I played with them at Milestones, the old Milestones um, that Susan oh, Plunkett awesome. owned that oh, sold man. to uh, uh, the Richmond owner. You can help me, Tony. But uh, oh, uh, Michael Larry bought it, but. Uh, 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 yeah, the new owner of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. of of uh, Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. But, no, yeah, yeah. No. This goes back to early '94, uh, but it was funny. We were just going to open up, do a show. High Pressure, our jazz band, was going to open up and play for Larry Coriel. Well, two days before the gig, uh, the owners of uh, Milestones calls my brother John and says, "Hey." Uh, Larry Coriel's, you know, you guys are going to open up, but he, he wants you actually to play with him, too. What? So we got to play with him. We had to Whoa. perform with him. I so, never knew this about you. Yeah, this is uh, before, yeah. really, the Internet. And yeah, before, yeah. Before downloading songs and, and getting right. songs off of YouTube. So oh, uh, my brother John had a Larry Coriel jazz song, a jazz album, which we listened to, but we had no idea what songs we were going to really play yeah, with him. Awesome. Probably neither Larry either. Yeah, yeah. Larry no, Coriel. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's played He's written over hundreds of songs, so oh. anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, and my God, and that's and great. WXXI recorded that night. We were recorded on a, a PBS show, WXXI, back in uh, oh, January of 1994, Larry Cordial. So, yeah, uh, Larry, being as busy as you are, going out, playing out many nights, how do you balance things? And let me, you know, I'm talking about your work, your family, right. and... While we're at it, let's give a shout out to your family. Who, yeah. What's your family? Who makes up your family? We just want to learn yeah, before my, we my leave. My wife, Liz Casey, my wife, God bless her. Yeah, she gives me a lot yeah. of free time to, uh, yeah. Some guys are in a golf league, some guys are in a bowling league or a dark league. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'm in a rock band. That's great. Band, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great but, attitude, yeah. yeah. So she gives me, cuts me a lot of slack. Uh, yes. Freedom to, to practice, rehearse, and uh, play out live shows, uh, which, uh, uh, which is very nice. Uh, you know, I, my three sons are grown now. Cullen uh, Casey's coaching football at Liberty University as offensive line coach. Shout out to Cullen. They had a big win last night. Oh, great! And uh, anyway, uh, and Patrick's an artist. Uh, Patrick uh, is uh, uh, an artist and works for a graphics company uh, here in town. Um, but he was just at the Clothesline Arts Festival and uh, really had his own booth. And, oh, uh, that's nice. great. He does a lot of uh, black sketching. He sketches, uh, you know. With the free hand, with the right hand, and uh, wow, it's called ink, ink, ink sketches. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's got a, a very uh, rare talent for that. Something I could not teach him, but it just came. Maybe the music transferred over. Yes, art, artistry. It's uh, amazing. Once again, the musicality of yeah. your family yeah. is yeah. just being passed on generation to generation yeah. here. It's great. And then my younger son Brian, uh, who has a passion for music. Oh, and, uh, really? He's in the rap music, and he. Uh, He's in, in, online. He's written some songs online. And, uh, uh, really? He's, a, uh, he's a, in iCloud. I forget the, what mm -hmm. his handle he goes yeah, by. But yeah. uh, anyhow, he, uh, they all like music. They all love to dance and sing. And, oh, that's uh, great. And, yeah, so I think I kind of passed that on to the family. But yeah. great family to have. But yeah, I can't quit the day job as a controller. No. Right. <laughs> no, no doubt. And, uh, no doubt. Uh, 
but uh, well, my passion is just, for music, obviously, yeah. yeah. Before we wrap up, Larry, I, I do want to mention this, too. I mean, it's not all about, you know, playing in bands and stuff like that, but your generosity, your, your heart is great because I wanted to talk, end here talking about your affiliation with the Ten Ugly Men. Uh, can you explain to people what Ten Ugly Men was all about? And uh, yes, uh, thank you, Tony, sure. uh, for giving me this opportunity. Yeah, my brother John I was a Nazareth College graduate back in uh, 90, 1986. Uh, they had a uh, college reunion, kind of, if you will, uh, the, uh, two years later in 1988. And my brother John hosted a party, a street party, and it was such a great event. Our, our band played, my brother John and I. We're in band, the Ventilators. It was the precursor of the uh, Ventilators band. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And it, it was such a, a large turnout, successful turnout. We said, let's do it again next year. So uh, the, the group of guys from Nazareth College, my, my brother John's college friends, uh, said, Let, let's do a, a, a fundraiser. And uh, the, our first donor was St. Mary's Hospital, St. Mary's downtown in the city, which is now Unity Health System, Unity Hospitals. But at any rate, uh, we just That's thought awesome. we, we, we could have a party and uh, yep. it, you know charge everyone five ten dollars to come in and we'll have live music live bands my brother john and i knowing a lot of musicians in town um yes started the music end of it you know we had hollywood allen a mix as one of the first bands yeah. our band uh the ventilators uh it turned into like a local woodstock it, i mean it, in terms it, of bands around town showing yeah. up and playing yes uh over and, years, yeah. and larry you did an amazing job because i i got to see it firsthand I wanted to volunteer and work backstage. You were the stage manager yeah. of that. And I just marveled how you kept everything in check, yeah. got the acts out on time, and moved equipment. Yeah. That's the yeah. other thing you knew how to yeah. do. And yeah. it just I just saw the richness of your abilities to pull this thing off. I, I was Thanks. just really impressed. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. I think it just came natural being really? a musician growing up, playing out, and, and going to concerts and whatnot. But the, just the passion for it to making a well-run concert, a well-run festival. Uh, there, there, there's, there's still one thing left over from Ten Ugly Men, right? Uh, uh, the yeah, ugly d- disco, disco yeah, is still yeah, left over. in the springtime. Yes. In, indoors at the right. Riverside Convention. As a matter of fact, I know Al Wood is planning uh, another uh, ugly disco coming up. Uh, Great. Spring of... Uh, 2022 it will, will be yeah wow hard, hard to how, how, many, how many years did 10 ugly men go we went, uh, we went 25 years 25 oh, years and how much money did you raise we raised over a million dollars for charities oh, for charities yeah. larry yeah, yeah. and you know you wouldn't i mean that's uh, just oh, amazing uh, and and uh, there are rumors that we may have a reunion next summer we're, we're talking oh, oh, breaking news if we heard right here on roc tone deaf <laughs> all right we'll keep you all posted on that 2022 too, but we'll see. Okay. Wow. Yeah, be yeah, it'd be a nice post-COVID, hopefully, yeah, yeah, celebration. Yeah, yes, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, Larry, good to hear. Well, Larry, we'll sum it up here um, in, in terms of, um, Larry, how do you see your legacy? You know, like, what, 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 do you, what do you hope people, like, see what you've left, you know, for us? Yeah, uh, hopefully I'm not done uh, yet. There should be <laughs> awesome. years, years awesome. ahead of me to be playing. I'm going to try to stay Just healthy. A few, right? yeah, <laughs> a I love it. A few years left, but yeah. I love it. I, I do have more days behind me than Good. I have. You know, got, got Don't bury you yet, right, Larry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. Fair enough, but uh, no. I just if I could just be remembered as someone who really enjoyed music, was a good drummer, and uh, you know, made, yes. made the band sound better, and uh, yeah, was a good guy to work with, easy to work with. You know, that 
Yeah. Well, Larry, I think you na yeah. I think you nailed all of those yeah. so far. You have it. Yep. You yes. you've you got, got it. it. Yeah. Well, Larry, thank you so much for taking yeah. this time it's out. Honor, pleasure to be uh, on your uh, show. Oh, and 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 and, and, yeah. and we hope you can come back too. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. All right. Good. Thank We're you. gonna hold you to that, Larry. Yeah. And Larry, before we go, just one quick uh, Cool Hand Luke impersonation. <laughs> we did that tribute you, for you. You did a great tribute to <laughs> yeah. Cool Hand Luke, to Tony. By, by the way, did you know any? Did you know about John? Mellencamp and how he that was his favorite I movie? No, and I love John Mellencamp. Yep. I've seen him several times and, and, in concert, and his drummer, uh, incredible drummer. Uh, isn't there a connection with your family being from where he's from? Yeah, um, my, my br brother Danny went to Indiana University College uh, out in Indiana, in Bloomington, uh, where J John is from, uh, right outside of Bloomington. And uh, John Cougar Mellencamp was, he's like a god out there, rock star. Really? He is. Like the, yeah, he, he was known to go to Bobby Knight's basketball games. My brother Dan saw him at the game and got his autograph. And uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. So set the scene up, Lair. What what? Think about it for a second. And <laughs> little improv. A, a little improv. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. George Kennedy. Okay. Well, I guess at, at, at the end of the movie, where you know, uh, yep. unfortunately, uh, Paul Newman gets shot. Uh, Lukey, poor Lukey, gets shot, and uh, he's not killed yet, but. Uh, as uh, George Kennedy carries out Luke uh, to to the uh, the Warren uh, to to the jail keep and the, uh, he, he he's all torn up so he attacks the guy who shot him with the glasses on. Yeah, and man down, without right? the glasses. Yeah. yeah, and then they all grab, they jump on George Kennedy, they wrestle him to the ground, and. Uh, he gets thrown against the car, and as he's laying down in the corner, I'll try to do this first uh, <laughs> thing. You you hang in there now, Luke, you boy. You you just hang in there now. We're gonna send you a postcard. He he never meant to hurt nobody. You you hang in there now, Lukey. You're a world shaker. Ladies and gentlemen. Awesome, awesome. Larry Casey. <laughs> thank you. Larry, thanks again. You're welcome. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining in and listening to our recent podcast with Larry Casey, drummer extraordinaire with the Tragedy Brothers. And we're going to leave you with a little bit of Larry on the djembe. One, thanks for joining us again. That wraps up another show. Thanks to Larry Casey and the Tragedy Brothers. Make sure you check out their website uh, and also their dates, especially uh, at Iron Smoke in November. So thank you again. And uh, before we go, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Restaurant Fiorella, which recently won uh, City Newspaper's uh, Best Italian Restaurant, located in the Rochester Public Market, Fiorella serves up casual farm-to-table Italian fare with a 
focus on fresh, locally sourced ingredients, where everyone says the food is bellissimo, and also by Carol's Restaurant, Bar, and Grill, located across the street from East High School. This fine Irish bar also features, periodically, the Tragedy Brothers, who happen to use that bar as a watering hole. Shout out to some great bartenders there, Pat Dunn and Danny Ryan, who are always ready to serve you up one. All right, everyone. Def, once again, this has been ROC, Tone Def. I'm Tone. And I'm Def. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you around. <laughs>